Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Well, today we are going to talk about reverse engineering legends. Now, we've been talking all week about growing your life in business 800%, and we talked about how legends are made. And so as we think about the idea of reverse engineering, reverse engineering is essentially what we do when we're kids naturally, right? I mean, how many of us have taken something apart to see how it works, right? Reverse engineering, you take it apart and you go, oh, that fits there and that fits there and that fits there. And of course, you don't always get the thing back together again. <laughs> Sometimes you need to call for help. But if we look at legends and we think about how do people get to be legends? In um, a segment earlier this week, I talked about how legends are made through their own efforts, but also through community and how events and circumstances and twists of fate and chance connect to allow certain people to take advantage of their gifts and make decisions in their time that affect people 
in the future. And the thing I want to talk about today regarding legends is when we think about legends, we think about peak performance, right? People who, who've done something extraordinary, better than average, great. The word greatness comes to mind. And Robin Sharma, who is the author of several books, one of which is The 5 a.m. Club, Robin Sharma says, greatness is very simple. It's consistency on the fundamentals. And so today we're going to talk about mastering the basics in order to be legend. So I'll start by sharing a story with you. And I don't know that I would be able to tell this story as well as Alan Stein himself tells it, but I'll do a, I'll do my best. So Alan Stein Jr. is a, is, he's a performance coach and a consultant and he does speaking and he's an author today. But prior to doing all those things, he was in the sports world and he spent more than 15 years working with super high performing basketball players, including, you know, Kevin Durant and Kobe Bryant and Steph Curry. And in 2007, so this is, good Lord, what is that? 14 years ago, something. Alan was tapped by Nike to be on their staff at the very first ever Kobe Bryant three-day skills academy for kids, for high school and middle school kids, you know, for basketball. So Alan was super excited and he was flying into, I can't remember where they, where the city was, but he wanted to be super prepared. And, and the way he tells it, he kind of wanted to impress Kobe and kind of, you know, get a, get a little, uh, endearment, you know, build a little endearment between he and Kobe. So he asked Kobe Bryant if he could watch him go through his warm-up, his individual private warm-up, I'm sorry, workout prior to the kids' camp starting, like the day prior to. And so Kobe, you know, was gracious and said, sure, go ahead, you know, meet me at the gym tomorrow at four. Well, the, the camp was supposed to start at four and Kobe, <laughs> Alan, it's so funny how Alan tells it. He said, Kobe smiled and said, yeah, Alan, I'm, I meant 4 a.m. <laughs> so, so you know what though, but isn't that, isn't that just about the, the way champions show up, right? champions do things at 4 a.m. I mean, shoot, we're here in this room at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. So the next day, Alan goes to the to the gym thinking he's going to get there early, meet Kobe, get the gym. He's going to beat him to the gym, basically. So he gets up and he gets to the gym at 3.30 in the morning. And when he arrived at the gym, he finds, he's, he walks up and he sees, of course, it's pitch black outside and he sees the lights in the gym are already on and he can hear the basketball bouncing at 3.30 in the morning for a four o'clock appointment, right? So he goes in the gym and Kobe's already in the gym in a full sweat. So he's been there a little bit and he's doing warm-up drills prior to his trainer arriving at four. So Alan said that he did not, he didn't want to interrupt his flow. He said, I just sat down quietly and watched in the corner, in the bleachers. He just watched. And he said, for 45 minutes, the best basketball player on the planet practiced the most basic fundamental moves in basketball. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said, I was watching Kobe Bryant run himself through drills that I would routinely teach to middle school kids and he said he was he was just baffled, but he sat and he watched, he watched the workout and then he left after it was done. So later in the day, he could not help himself and he had to ask and he said to him, Kobe, I, I was at your workout this morning and he said, man, I just don't get it. You are the best basketball player in the world. So why are you doing such basic drills? Why are you taking time to do these incredibly basic drills? And he said, Kobe smiled graciously and he replied, why do you think I'm the best basketball player in the world? He said, I never get bored with the basics. And this is how legends are made. This is reverse engineering legend, right? We get bored with the basics. Amateurs get bored with the fundamentals. Professionals, champions, and great performers know the higher they go, 
the more committed they have to be to the fundamentals. So this doesn't mean, this is interesting because this doesn't mean that the basics are easy. He was saying that Kobe Bryant was doing these basic drills with such laser precision that he had never seen before. So it's not that they're easy. It just that most people don't do it. We get complacent, right? We get comfortable. Oh, I know this. I know this, right? We, we might even get lazy. So today is we talk about reverse engineering legend and, and how you want to be in your life and how you want to show up in your life and the things you want to do that are outside the basics of life. When you look at the Kobe Bryant model, which we just talked about, if you want to be legendary and create generational wealth and create a big business and create a life that other people look at and wonder how the heck did that person do that? You've got to focus on the basics. You've got to. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Fundamental behaviors, which when you practice them consistently, facilitate your greatness in other areas of your life. You know, we often use uh, the, the metaphor of the car, the automobile, which is so cool because we have so many amazing automotive people in, in these rooms all during the week and in, the, in in the evenings. So we often use the metaphor of the automobile and we talk about, you know, the, the, the fuel that you put in your tank, you know, or, you know, maintaining your automobile, like changing the oil and changing the tires. And we talk about, you know, going slow and going fast and driving in different directions to talk about reaching goals. And so as we think about the fundamental behaviors that facilitate you stepping into and, and really even having the raw material to be your best, to be to, to create the greatness in your life, the legacy that you want in your life, these fundament, fundamental behaviors are like the gas in your tank. And you're going to be shocked when you learn that they are breathing, sleeping, eating, and moving. I mean, it sounds like like a giant duh. We all do that. Come on. We all do that. Everybody does that. We're like born learning how to do that. Yeah, we are. But when you look at the results in people's lives that, that they create, the outcomes that they create, the lives that they live, and you look at the attention they pay to these four basics, it's pretty clear that when you dial these things in, you're a much more powerful person, much more powerful for a lot of reasons. So when we talk about breathing, you know, we can go days, weeks without food. We can go days without water if we need to, not many. But how long can we go without oxygen? How long can we go? Not very long. We take this most fundamental, most important behavior, ability for granted. We just, oh, air is here. I'm just going to breathe. I'm just going to totally breathe. But the thing is, so many of us are not breathing well. We're mouth breathing, which puts us into fight or flight. We're not nose breathing like we're born to. Nose breathing is a, is a game changer. Just a, a little trivia about nose breathing. Nose breathing increases a substance called nitric acid. Nitric oxide, my, my apologies, I pulled that from my memory. Nitric oxide, which helps to improve your immune system and your resistance to viruses. Nose breathing. So if you notice how you're breathing during the day, you may be surprised that you're not nose breathing and that you're not breathing into your belly, that you're shallow breathing into the top of your chest. Think about the way your lungs are shaped. If you think back to a biology class or if you go online and you, you know, look at anatomy of the chest, you'll notice your lungs, the lobes of your lungs are larger at the bottom near your diaphragm and they're more narrow at the top. And when you, when you chest breathe into the top of your chest, shallow breathing, you're not filling your lungs, which is not to say that you should be taking ginormous breaths <laughs> all day long. 
but you should be breathing diaphragmatically into your belly, through your nose and into your belly, but relaxed, not, you know, super type of breathing all day long. That does not help you. That's not hyper oxygenating your blood in any fashion, which is a whole other topic and really fascinating, by the way. But just remembering to breathe through your nose, keep your mouth, your lips closed and breathe into your belly in a relaxed way can change your mental state and help your immune system. So what about sleeping? Are you sleeping enough? I woke up this morning at 317. My body was like, I think we're done sleeping. And I was like, nope, we just have to pee. We're going back to sleep. <laughs> right? Sleeping is so important. In this, in this American culture that I live in, sometimes people wear, I don't sleep as a badge of honor. And that's just unhealthy. It's just unhealthy. Sleep is vital for every function in your body of your physical health, your mental health. Do you know that if you chronically miss sleep over just a few days, you start to become insulin resistant? It's true. Google it. And you don't want to be insulin resistant, trust me, because insulin resistance is what leads to type 2 diabetes, the most preventable lifestyle disease in the world. Sleeping. Do you have good sleep hygiene? Are you setting yourself up to succeed in sleeping. What does a good night's sleep do for you? This is, this is where we get interactive here. You know, you all know I like to have people talking to me. So I know that you're awake and participating. How do you feel when you wake up and, and your body is so done sleeping that you just can't stay in bed anymore? How does that feel? Good morning, Monica. This is Debbie. It feels amazing and I feel energized and I feel like I can conquer the day. Conquer, man, that's a great word. I woke up at 418 one day recently before my alarm and I felt, I swear to you, I woke up, I worked out, I drank my water, I took my supplements, I did my morning routine, my gratitudes and all the things, my meditation. I felt like a dang superhero. I don't know what to attribute it to. I don't know what magic combination of things happened because I do sleep really well, but I don't usually wake up feeling, you know, like a superhero, but it is powerful. Imagine if every night you got wonderful sleep and that you didn't, you did the things that allowed you to maximize your sleep quality and the number of hours you sleep. It's really, really important to do that, to put yourself on a schedule. You know, when babies are born, we have a schedule for them, don't we? Oh, they wake up at this time and then I put them down for a nap. Okay, she wakes up at six and naturally her body wakes up at six. And so we eat and we do the thing. Then she goes back down for a nap two hours later. And then she's back down for a nap four hours after that. And then she eats and then she's back down to sleep. Why, why do we abandon our, our sleep in that way when we get to be adults, when we just go to bed whenever we feel like it maybe, or we go to bed when we get tired? Or worse, we don't go to bed. <laughs> we grew up at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. We just kind of happen to fall into bed at any old random time. Putting structure around your sleep is magic, absolutely magic. And I will share with you personally that sleep is my number one, a number one, top of the heap, self-care and health habit. It's not food. It's not exercise. It is sleep because sleep informs and fuels everything else. Let's talk about food. I'm not gonna belabor this one because there's so many ways to talk about food, but are you eating well? Are you eating in the right amount? Are you eating at the right time? Are you on a program that works for you, that's sustainable for you? I know I'm a certified health coach and people talk to me about food a lot. Which program is the best? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do keto? Should I do vegan? Should I do low carb? Should I do high carb? Should I do high fat, low fat, high protein, low? Good Lord, there's a thousand ways to eat. My answer is the one that gets your results and that you can stick to for the rest of your life. That's the answer, right? Are you paying attention to your food? Are you intermittent fasting? I happen to, I happen to believe in intermittent fasting tremendous, tremendous benefits in fasting. I choose to do that. 
So I'm, my attention is on that every day. I do, I know my body works really well with higher fat and higher protein and lower carb. I choose to do that every day. Am I perfect? No, of course not. Of course not. But I give it attention every day and every time I eat. I ask myself, is this, is this the best thing for me to eat right now? Is this what I want long term, right? And are you moving every day? We talked about breathing, nose breathing into your belly, sleeping well, eating well and in the right amounts and at the right times that work for you. Are you moving every day with intention? Even just a little bit. You don't have to do a workout every day for an hour and a half or, you know, run the steps at the art museum in Philly like Rocky every day. Just moving your body, walking. Movement is life. The When we stop moving, we start dying. I just um, had the occasion to visit with uh, my uncle and aunt, two actually of my uncles and aunts while I'm here in Pennsylvania. One of them is in incredible shape, incredible shape. He's, I want to say he's probably 70 or 72. He's just, you know, flies up and down the stairs, moves things, lifts things, strong, muscular. It's amazing. And his older brother, is in terrible shape and he doesn't move anymore and he is a man on the decline so giving attention to moving every day is so important your joints are designed to move we are we are designed to move now you may not be like oh i don't want to run don't run then God knows I can't stand running. <laughs> I always like to say to people, I'm built for strength, not for speed. <laughs> if you've ever seen my body, you know that's the truth, <laughs> right? You don't have to run. You don't have to do any movement that you don't like. But when you are born with muscles and tissues and joints that can literally move heavy things and, and go long distances, you're meant to use those things. There's a reason they say move it or lose it, <laughs> right? So how are you doing? Let's do a little self-ranking. Let's do a little self-ranking. I'm gonna do a, a quick poll. If you're on the stage, you have a microphone. Let's just popcorn around and let's talk about how are you sleeping? Give me a number from one, let's just say to five. Five means I sleep like a champion and I, I have a consistent bedtime, I have a consistent wake time, and I'm committed to my sleep. And one is I fall asleep whenever I fall asleep and wherever I fall asleep and whatever time it is. So open your mics, just pop them in and throw a number out. Five. One, five. Five. Four. Two. All right. Two. Who said, who said one? Me. <laughs> Was that you, Rocky? You know, Monica, this is so good because I'm, I'm literally trying to do better um, in sleep. And I'm a military vet. Regardless of what time I go to bed, I wake up at 4 a.m. every freaking morning. And it drives me nuts because in order for me to get a full sleep, I feel like I have to go to bed at 8 p.m. And that's way too early. I'm just sitting there staring at the wall. Um, another issue I have is I have so much running through my mind that when I go to lay down and relax, I can't do it. So I'm either sleep early up at 2 a.m. or I sleep later um, and I don't get, you know, the full amount of sleep that I feel like I need. So I have horrible, horrible sleep patterns. Um, I would love to, if we had more time, dive into that with you. And if you want to do that offline, ping me because I'd be happy to help you. Um just give you a couple of ideas maybe to do that but sleep girl if, if here's the thing you've got the one part down that most people can't ever get which is the waking up at 4 a.m it's the other end of the equation right that is creating the issue so um there are some things you can do on the other end of the equation that that might be able to help you so thanks for sharing that um how about eating let's open our mics and say where are we at one to five on our eating um and, and five would be I have a program that I really like. It's sustainable for the rest of my life. 
and I'm mostly able to stay on it, like, you know, 80 to 90%. And then one is I eat whatever comes in front of me, whether it's alive, moving, dead, I don't care. And, you know, the chips fall where they may, literally potato chips. Four. Yeah, I'd say I'm a four. Three. No one else on the stage ever eats. That's unfortunate. You all must be so hungry. <laughs> hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. <laughs> okay, so we got fours and threes. We don't have any ones or twos that popped in, at least nobody who wanted to share that. Like, And that's okay, because you know what? Here's the thing. You are where you are. No legend ever started a legend, right? You can't get there if you don't start here. So wherever you are in these things, the breathing, the sleeping, the eating, the moving, wherever you are, it's where you are. And you can go forward. You can make strides. Okay. Let's talk about moving really quickly. How many people are moving? How many people where five is, I have a program. I love it. I move every day in some fashion and it makes me feel great. How many are out of five? And then the other place is I never get any exercise at all. That would be a one. Five. Ten. Three. Five. Four. Okay. All right. All over the board. Great. So the reason we did that little self-ranking is not to make, your, make you feel bad. It's to, it's to give you a current assessment of where you're at. Because again, how do you know where you're going to go if you don't know where you're at? So what can you do? And this is not a question necessarily. Actually, it could be. We have four minutes left. What could you do if you wanted to move from a one to a two or from a three to a four or from a four to a five in any of these areas? What would be the one thing, the one thing you could do that would help you do that in the sleeping, I'm not going to talk about the breathing because that's just a, a matter of attention, of noticing, right? Noticing. But what could you do Monica. that would allow you to up your up your uh, your game? Who just this who just is, popped this in? This is Tina. I think an accountability partner. That's what I'm going to do. Get an accountability partner to keep me on track or to support me. Awesome. That's a great idea. Great idea. Accountability is huge. It is absolutely huge. That is the accountability is the entire reason that I have a business and that every coach in the world has business because accountability is magical. So thank you, Tina, for sharing that. What else? What else can you do? Intentionally use your like Fitbit or Apple watches. I constantly check my sleep patterns, um, actually go into the stats on it. Absolutely. You know what? That is tracking, tracking and measuring. What gets measured gets managed. Absolutely. So when you track things, all tracking is, is becoming aware of what's going on with you and how you can continue to do or change a behavior, right? Because you're bringing attention to it. That little app, that little Fitbit, have being on your wrist or the the watch or the aura ring or whatever it is that you're using, it brings attention to it. And when you, what do they say? We always hear where attention goes, energy flows, right? Absolutely. So tracking, very, very important. I just started tracking my food again. And let me tell you from the moment, let me, let me just share with you what I tracked yesterday. I opened my eating window no earlier than 10 a.m. Sometimes I can open it later. Sometimes I can go until 11, 12, sometimes one, depending on what's going on, right? Yesterday, I opened it at 10.30. I was really hungry. Because, you know, when you get up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning, by the time 10 o'clock comes, you've been up four or five hours. So, you know, you want to eat. So I opened my eating window yesterday at 10.30 with 
three eggs and a quarter pound of ground beef. And I tracked it in my, in my, uh, I use my fitness pal. You can use carb manager. There's lots of food trackers out there. They're all free. So I tracked it and I'm not kidding you from the moment I tracked it, I felt better because I had a target and I had guardrails so that every time I went to eat something that day, I knew I had to track it. So that creates an incentive to stay on my program because if I know that I go in the, in the pantry where I'm staying right now and I pull out that box of wheat thins and God knows I love wheat thins, but I pull out that box of wheat thins and I have a handful of wheat thins. I know I have to put that in my tracker. Guess what? I'm not going to have the stupid wheat thins <laughs> because I have to, I have to track it. That is the power and magic of tracking. Right. So that's amazing insight. Whoever, thank you for sharing that. It's a gentleman who shared that. I, I apologize. I'm, I, I wasn't sure who that was. So what else can you do? What else can you do to move yourself from a three to a four or a four to a five or a one to a two in the areas of sleep, food, and movement? Schedule and be consistent. Scheduling. Scheduling, scheduling, scheduling. So here's the interesting thing about scheduling. Uh, I spent 20 years as an organizing and productivity consultant. Some of you knew that, some of you didn't. One of the things I used to do in my corporate workshops, I would teach corporate workshops on time management and email and productivity and priorities and all this stuff. Well, one of the things that I started teaching years and years and years ago was a, um, I noticed that myself included, that most people have two tools that they rely on for productivity. One of them is a task list and one of them is a calendar. And I also noticed that the reason things don't get done is because the task list and the calendar never intersect. <laughs> They're like railroad tracks. They run, they run parallel to each other, but they never intersect. So when you look at your calendar as your real life timeline and you pull a task off your list and put it into your calendar, it, it comes to life. It has a place now. It has a time allocated to it. And when you don't do that, it just stays on the task list because other things fill in your calendar slots. You know, you only have so many slots during your day when you put in the sleep and, you know, showering and driving if you commute to work right? So scheduling Debbie is absolutely huge. You would, you would laugh if you saw what my calendar looks like, what every day of my calendar looks like. <laughs> so I'll tell you what it looks like. At 5 a.m., it says grid journal, gratitudes, and goals. At 4.30 a.m., I should have started there. It says a.m. meditation. Then at 5.30, 5, 5 a.m., it says grid journal, gratitudes, and goals. Then it says Superman face poles and doorway. And those are shoulder exercises that I do every morning. And then it says, take morning supplements. Every single day on my calendar, I have these four entries and it pops up just like an appointment because I want my attention on those things. Now, do I do every single one of those things every single day? No, I do not. However, the fact that I have them on my calendar and they show up in my face every morning increases the likelihood that I will do it because I've committed to it. See, life is a series of committing to yourself and letting yourself down. <laughs> so whatever you can do to commit to yourself and not let yourself down moves you up your upward power spiral, your personal power spiral. We're always moving up or down. We're always moving up or down that spiral. And the little things are the things that continuously keep us moving up. It's like a staircase. It's like a spiral staircase, right? The higher we go, the more possibilities we can see, the more view we have, the more of a, of a higher vantage point on the world we have, and the better we feel. The lower we go, closer to the ground we get, maybe even underneath the ground. We don't get to see a whole lot down there. And it doesn't feel very good down there. 
right? And so these are the things we talk about. Reverse engineering legend, look at your fundamentals. Your fundamentals will put you higher on your personal power spiral every day. So we talked about bringing attention to it, noticing it, right? Tuning into your own behavior. That's the, really the first step is tuning into your own behavior. Waking up to what you're doing, noticing, oh, I notice that when I feel this way, I do that. That's called an algorithm. If this, then that, right? When I go to sleep at one in the morning, I am a cranky pants the next day. When I go to sleep at nine, I wake up rested. And therefore, I'm not a cranky pants, right? Connecting those dots. That's why we talk so much in, in my work about your AM and PM routines. The AM and PM routines are so important. But here's the super cool thing about PM routines. They count for, for twice. They count twice. The PM routine helps you end your day in an intentional and powerful way. However, it also impacts your morning, doesn't it? We just talked about that with Rocky. So PM actually counts twice. PM is double strong, like Altoids, curiously strong. So if you don't have a strong PM routine that you're committed to, you're really cheating yourself out of a fantastic morning because they're connected. Any of you who have small children know this. <laughs> you know if those kids stay up late, you're in for it the next day, right? Anyone have a two-year-old that stays up late? <laughs> and then they wake up cranky pants? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Well, guess what? We're all just two years. We need that sleep. We need time, that restoration. We need the water. The second thing to think about is design. And this is what the ladies were talking about earlier. Stars Tina was talking about getting an accountability partner, right? That's habit design. So habit design is simply the act of making the actions and behaviors that you want to adopt easier by designing your environment to remove the friction between you and the action. And the other side of the coin would be making the current behaviors and actions that are not serving you harder by design, by controlling your environment. And I'll give you an example. And, and I'm sure you can think of examples for yourself too, but I'll share an example that will hopefully help you to think of one that you could put into your life. So we always talk about exercise being one of the, one of the biggest points of inertia in people's lives. We all know we need to move. We know it. We're not dumb, but we don't do it. Why? Because it's not a habit. Okay, well, how do we make it a habit? We have to start by making it an action, a behavior first, and then it becomes a habit. How do I make it a, beha a behavior on a regular basis until it gets solidified as a habit? Well, you make it easier. Okay, how do I do that? I get an accountability partner. That's one way. I put my clothes out, my sneakers out right by my bed or right in front of the toilet or right in front of the refrigerator or wherever it might be the night before, right? I design my environment. I get my clothes out and I lay them over top of whatever, my dresser. I make it so obvious to myself that I have to move the clothes to get into the refrigerator, right? Like, like these things are what make it easier for you. To, to create that momentum, to, to break the inertia. You have an appointment with somebody. That makes it easier, right? So you're, you're taking away the friction between you and the action. So that's the, the way you design a habit. Around food, for example, same thing. Let me just give you something that is fundamentally true. And if you haven't written anything down yet this morning, you're going to want to write this one down. It is easier to avoid temptation than to battle it. I wish I could take credit for saying it. I don't know who said it, but it wasn't me. But it's true. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Is it easier to go into a room where there's all this food that you really don't think you should be eating? Let's just, I'll make it about pastries and 
cakes and cookies and desserts. Is it easy to walk in there and choose a shrimp cocktail? Or is it easier to walk into a different room where there's only shrimp cocktail? You avoid the temptation. You don't battle it. You don't take it on willingly because that's energy depleted. So when you're talking about your food program, your food basics and fundamentals, shopping, the way you shop is important. Not having the things around to tempt you is so much better than having them around and having to fight that battle. Right? So habit design, putting friction between you and your bad habit and removing friction between you and your good habit or your good behavior. And I'm using the words bad and good. I don't like to use those words, but for our context this morning, we'll just simplify it and use bad and good, right? Because we each get to choose what is bad and good for us. Now, empirically, I think some things are bad and good for us, but that's another conversation too. So putting friction between you and your habit. You've heard about people who are compulsive shoppers who say, I put my credit card inside a wax paper in the freezer behind the ice cream to make it hard to get to. Literally putting barriers in your way between you and the thing you don't want to do. It seems so stupid, but it really, really works. So we talked about noticing your behaviors. We talked about designing your environment, habit design. Talked about tracking and measuring. And now we have to talk about persistence and consistency and understanding what makes a winner in consistency versus what makes a quitter. I am curious what you think makes a winner versus makes a quitter in consistency. What, what comes up for you around that? Why do some people do something for a little bit and quit and other people do something and it sticks. What do you think plays into that? Monica, can you repeat that again, please? I'd love to answer for you. Yeah. What What's the difference between doing a new action or behavior that you're really excited about and it's having it stick and having versus having it drop away or abandoning it, letting it go after a little while. What's the difference? So I find when it's something new, it's exciting. And I think that's why I always do some type of challenge to keep me on my toes all the time. I love change. You know, I always feel when I change, I grow. So if it's the same thing over and over again, it gets boring. Our body gets used to it. Our taste buds get used to it. So I do like the opportunity to change and it keeps me excited. Mm. I learn from it. That's my thoughts. So novelty. Yeah, novelty. And, you know, it's interesting um, what you just said, which is we like change and you get bored. And that goes directly back to the Kobe Bryant story we talked about earlier, right? It's exactly what he said. He said, I never get bored with the basics. Um, I'll share with you that for the last, oh gosh, what is it? Probably I changed my diet in spring, summer of 2019. So it's been what, 20, 20, 20, three years. The staple of my diet has been ground beef and eggs for three years. It's, and that sounds insane to people, but it's exactly what we're talking about. I never get bored with ground beef and eggs. I don't. Um, and part of it is because I know that ground beef and eggs is one of my basic fundamentals that got me where I'm at. It maintains me. It helps me keep my protein where I need it to be. I don't ever get bored with the basics of ground beef and eggs. And overcoming the need for variety in my diet has been one of the key uh, factors in staying in this way of eating for me, which is absolutely sustainable for the rest of my life. I love it. I enjoy it. It's not the only thing I eat, but it's a lot of what I eat. So yeah, to your point, when people do like change and they do like that novelty and that variety, it does become hard to stay consistent. But that's what defines somebody who is a higher performer, a champion, is being able to withstand 
and embrace what got you your 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 results and to stay with those fundamentals. Who else quick, has a quick question, open? Monica? Would you say you were always like that? Just used to doing the same thing no. with the foods? No. No, no, no. In fact, quite the opposite. I used to be what um is known as on the interwebs a foodie. And I still have the heart of a foodie in that I believe that food is art and food is science and food is beauty and love and wonderment. I just don't eat that way anymore. I, I just, I don't. And I rarely dine out because I like to be in control of what's in my food. Right? So I still have an appreciation for food. I still love watching, you know, people prepare beautiful food and I'll, I will eat, you know, at a restaurant from time to time, but it's not a, an important part of my life. Like it was before food. It's so fascinating to me really, because food went from entertainment and art in my life and a tremendous source of enjoyment to a necessity that was a vehicle for the protein that my body needed. Do I enjoy it? Absolutely. I wouldn't eat it if I didn't enjoy it, but it's a whole different mindset, completely different mindset. I, I could never have told you five years ago that that would be who I am now, but it is. And I, and I like it. So talking about consistency, one of the things that, that helps with consistency, one of the keys, in fact, to consistency. And if you read atomic habits or tiny habits or mini habits, you'll find this is a common thread is that the word tiny and mini is the magic. It's the magic. I have clients right now, a whole host of clients right now who are in behavior change because that's what coaching is, <laughs> is behavior change, right? Long-term sustainable behavior change and accompanying mindset shifts. That's it. So I have a whole host of clients right now who are in the midst of behavior change. And one of the hardest things for me to get across to my clients is listen, I don't care what your routine is. All I care about is that you don't skip it. I don't care if you intend to meditate 13 minutes and you only meditate two minutes. It's the meditating. It's the action that is important. I would rather you cut the intensity down of every one of those things than to skip the step. That's the magic behind consistency because it's remember what glenn says body in motion tends to stay in motion body at rest tends to stay at rest getting in motion is the secret so i have this grandiose idea that i'm going to meditate 13 minutes every morning and there are times when i'll go through streaks of meditating 13 minutes every morning sometimes i even make it 14 or 15. But this morning, you know what I did? Five. Five. But guess what? I did not abandon myself and I stuck with my plan. I just did it to a lesser degree because it fosters consistency. So this plays in with exercise. Huge. Absolutely huge. Anyone who's in an exercise program, you know this to be true. You know that on the days that you don't want to exercise, that everything in you in the morning is screaming, no, no, and no. That if you just put the shoes on, or if you just walk into the gym, or if you just go out the front door and you just take the first step, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. You create momentum. And, and you can quit. You can tell yourself, look, just do five minutes. That's it. We're quitting after five minutes. I am done. I swear to God, I'm done after five minutes. Most of us will not stop after five minutes because we've started that inertia. I mean, the momentum going, we've broken the inertia. It's the same with food. It's the same with sleep. It's the same with meditation. It's the same with journaling. Any little bit of it you do builds the habit of doing it. And the habit is more important than the action. The accountability to yourself is more important than the action. Is it resonating, ringing true with anybody here? Pop in, share it. 
Yeah, Monica, I'm loving this because um, I'm supposed to get up and go to the gym an hour. Um, <laughs> one thing that I wanted to say was for me, I have a reward jar. So anything that I ever want, um, you know, whether it's a purse, a bag, new gym clothes, new shoes, whatever it is, I put it on a piece of paper, stick it in a reward jar. And if I've done something consistently, then I can reward myself. I just dump my hand in the jar, pull out something, and it's a surprise of what I can treat myself with. And that's something that that works with me. And another thing I wanted to bring up was um, I'm starting to read a book called The Compound Effect. And it's exactly what you're talking about is doing the little things, but doing them consistently is a win as well. So you don't have to be, you know, huge and um, dramatic about your goals. Um, I have a health coach right now who's amazing. I switched over to plant-based, not entirely plant-based, but he's like, it's not about fully restricting yourself, but adding in those new healthy habits. And I've lost probably about eight pounds already um, just from doing, you know, a change in what I've been doing before. So this is a great conversation. Rocky, eight pounds, girl. Whoop, whoop. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. That feels so good, I know, to be able to feel your clothes fitting differently. So that's awesome. And what you mentioned is called the law of accumulation. And absolutely, the compound effect, absolutely. You stack those tiny little wins. And what it does is it changes your brain and it changes your perception of yourself. And that is a magical to change your perception of yourself. Because when we talk about, we go back to that upward power spiral, that personal power spiral that we're all living on. We can, be, we can be upward or it can be downward. Believe me, I've been in both. And you know it doesn't take much to move you either direction. Does not take much. This is why if you are a person who cannot moderate your behavior around certain substances or foods, abstinence is better. There are people who can moderate. I can moderate. I can absolutely moderate around, around alcohol. I can moderate around sugar. I can moderate around wheat, refined grains. M my policy is no sugar, no grains. Do I stick to that? No, I don't. But can I moderate so I stick to it about 90% of the time or more? Yeah. But if you are not a person who can moderate, you know how easy it is to get on the downward spiral. And so that's why one of your policies might be abstinence in those areas until you become able to moderate one day potentially right but that goes back to knowing yourself and noticing your own behavior when i open a bag of popcorn i'm just going to make this one up because i happen to have popcorn in the house right now when i open a bag of popcorn i notice i can't stop until the bag is empty if that's true for you that's a clue right? That allows you to begin designing your environment so that you don't fall into that pitfall. I can pull out two handfuls of popcorn, close the bag, put it in a bowl, and I'm good, right? Now, there are other factors that come into play too. And this goes, this goes to where you're tuned into how you feel and how the things that you do make you feel. When you're fatigued, you don't have the kind of mental reserve that you have when you're rested, for example. So if I'm exhausted, I haven't slept well, I might not be able to regulate myself, moderate myself on the popcorn because I'm already depleted in another area, right? Everything we do is connected. Everything we do is connected. So setting yourself up to succeed in these ways is really, really important. And if you want to be persistent and consistent, you need to begin noticing what helps you do that and do more of it, right? If you find that you consistently do a, be a behavior that you don't want, reverse engineer that thing and go, why am I doing this? Oh, oh, now I see. I'm doing this because that. So stop with that and you stop the behavior. Reverse engineering, it's not just for legends, it's for everyday habits and behaviors. <laughs> so who else has something that's popped up for you? Who, who's had a thought that flew in your mind as we're having this conversation that you think is going to help you dial in one of your fundamentals? Uh, 
Girl, only because it's silence. That's the only reason why I'm jumping in. I can just say you're dropping fire and you're saying things that, at least for me anyway, I already know. It's just, I guess sometimes I kind of get stuck and forget and I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh yeah, I used to do that. Oh yeah. So I'm feeling supercharged and empowered today, Monica. Thank you so much for lots of great information. That's all I wanted to share. Thank you. I appreciate your energy. I appreciate your contribution for sure. And, you know, here's the thing. It's early in the morning. Like, I get it. Totally get it. But when you share something, you're inspiring a thought in someone who hasn't shared. And you're inspiring a thought in someone who might be too shy to share or isn't isn't on the stage and is in the audience and doesn't really feel confident raising their hand, right? That's the value of a group conversation. Sure, one-on-one conversations are great. But man, when you get into a group conversation, it's like watching a show and you can relate. You know how you watched a show and you'd be like, oh, I kind of relate to that character. That's why I have to tell you, this is totally off topic. I never watched Seinfeld because I never, well, I didn't have a television for many years and I still don't. But when I did see Seinfeld, I never related to any of the characters. I never, I just never did. I never identified with any of the characters. And the closest one I could come with, come to was Kramer, right? So I didn't like the show. But when we're in a group situation like this and people share their experience, your experience is going to, is going to resonate with somebody else, right? And so by you saying what you're going to do is get an accountability partner earlier or, or what Rocky saying that, you know, she's going to, she's going to do this and she's working with a coach, you're inspiring thoughts in other people and that open up possibilities for them that let them think, well, shoot, if she can do that, or if he can do that, I can do that. If he's going to use a Fitbit to track, why have I not been using my Fitbit, right? Maybe I'll get back to doing that. Or why have I not been drinking my water? Maybe I need one of those bottles with the measuring lines on it like a gallon bottle or a half gallon bottle with the measuring lines on it. That'll help me, right? We don't have to fight these things alone. We don't have to be in this, in this battle alone. We can use tools, you know, combination. When you look at the powerful combination of the tools that are available to us through technology for Pete's sake, the apps alone, right? The food tracking apps, the movement tracking apps, the water tracking apps, the sleep trackers between the technology and the way that we can choose the people that we want to support us, and then the way that we can design our habits, design our environment to support the new behaviors. I mean, there's just no reason why we shouldn't all be feeling like we're at fives on our breathing and our eating and our sleeping and our moving, right? Maybe not today, maybe if you're a two, you're not gonna be a five tomorrow. And in in truth, if you try to be a five tomorrow, you're you're setting yourself up to fail. You want to set yourself up to succeed, shoot for a three tomorrow if you're a two. Shoot for a four if you're a three, right? Incremental improvement is lasting, sustainable improvement. It's powerful stuff. Law of accumulation is no joke. It adds up. It adds up. So who'd like to uh, who'd like to share your thoughts as we wrap our hour today on this powerful Saturday, beautiful Saturday morning? Someone's got an open mic. Please jump in. Yes. Hello. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much for all those great information. My name is Gracien Jean-Pierre. I just came in at the end about 15 minutes ago. For me, uh, from what you've been sharing and the other people that shared before me, is that um, – the number one thing for me to keep a consistency and uh, it's my why. Why am I doing this? And my intention of what I'm going to get out of it really motivate me. Um, for me right now in the hell journey is my daughter. I'm doing it for, for myself first, but also for my daughter to be there for her. And so I have her picture everywhere in my equipment, in my car, my daughter and my family. So that's um, my why really keep me consistent and also taking even the days that I don't even want to do it. Like you said, I just take the little step and I reward myself. I think rewarding 
and accountability in my why are those three things that keep me consistent. Thank you so much for all your information. It's been a very informative. Thank you. I'm Gracian and I'm done speaking for now. Gracian, what a pretty name you have. Thank you for sharing. And um, absolutely, the why is so important. The why is the long term, right? It's like, when I'm faced with a challenge or, or, or a choice, and every day we have choices, choice, choice, choice every day. Our, our choice is not the thing that's in front of us. Our choice is, do we want something now or do we want something better later? That's the choice, whatever it might be, whether it's exercise, food, sleep, whatever. Do I want to stay up late right now and get that, that immediate gratification? Or do I want to keep my why in mind and do the thing that's benefiting my future self. Chris, I know Chris wanted to share. Please pop in. We have uh, just about 30 seconds. Well, good morning, everyone. I like to say I like to have a great and engaging conversation with each and every single one of you since evidently time is very valuable. I would like to have that opportunity with each and every single one of you because I would love to engage with this topic. Thank you, Chris. That's a lovely um, that's a lovely topic to engage with because it's it really is about quality of life and um, and how you can impact not only yourself but other people going into the future. I have loved spending this time with you. I am Monica. I am in the turquoise ring, and I help people to replace their nonproductive habits with powerful productive habits so they can create the life and business they desire. And as I hand the microphone over this morning, I want to thank you for sharing this time with me and I am done. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.